Welcome back to Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. With me today is Deontay Bolden, and here's a little bit about Deontay. So Deontay Bolden is an Atlanta-based author and playwright. Through, um, through his production company, Deontay Bolden Productions, the Washington, D.C. native made his directing and playwriting debut with the premiere of the stage play looking for love in all the wrong places. The inaugural work was well received by the Atlanta community and inspired audiences during the second sold out performances. Deontay is currently developing a series of works built around his life experiences that will inspire many generations. And that's just a bit about the about Deontay because you know Mr. Bolden Deontay Bolden he has a lot of things going on he's very multifaceted and multi-dimensional but without further ado let's welcome Deontay how's it going it's going well and so you know there's definitely more to you than that bio so share a little bit more of what you have going on beyond beyond what we heard behind the scenes and around the corner because you know some people are really nosy they want to know so what else does he have going on yes so i am deontay bolden just like you said i am a atlanta uh native here but i'm I'm actually um from washington dc i am a filmmaker a playwright um a producer director a host of my own podcast the ending podcast um and uh, award-winning author. And I call myself the inspirational creative because I feel like God has just used me in different facets to be able to inspire different people. You know, I'm working on my own award show that's going to be coming here in Atlanta called the Bolden Awards, which is the inspirational award show that uh, awards people um, who are achieving, making bold moves in the industry while achieving greatness and inspiring others along the way. So I do so many different things and um, award-winning author, two amazing publications that we'll be talking about today so I'm just one of those guys that wear many hats but I love what I do so that's a little bit about me and I like that you said that you're just one of those guys that wears many hats and that's just what you do because sometimes people see us wearing different hats and they can't you know see past one area like for example, you, you're a podcaster, you're an author, you're a playwright, and et cetera. But then whenever you reach out to certain people, they just see you as maybe just an author. No, don't just see someone as just anything, even though they have various things going on. They're multifaceted. They could operate in various lanes. So we need to stop compartmentalizing people and really mm -hmm. look at all the things that they bring forward to the table. And that's why today Deontay is going to talk about embracing your uniqueness because we all are unique. We are all masterpieces and we all have something amazing to bring forward that the world needs to see. So whenever you think about your uniqueness, Deontay, what comes to mind and what do you want people to glean from you? Um, I think, you know, just accepting who you are. I mean, for me, I'm not the average guy, you know, um, I'm different in so many different ways. And growing up, I used to always feel like I had to put myself into a box. Um, uh, a unique guy in a way, I mean, it sounds cliche, but I'm not really into sports. I love art. 
Um, I love embracing who I am. Um, I'm a nerd to a certain extent because I love astronomy and, and different things. Um, and I've just learned how to accept that I'm not like everyone else. I don't try to fit in with the crowd. I always try to carve my own lane. Even when I was in school, I wasn't trying to hang with the popular crowd. I just embraced who I was and my own uniqueness. Um, and coming from um, a family where my brother was truly unique, he had muscular dystrophy, which is a disability, um, it's always made me want to embrace what it means to be different and unique because he was different and unique. Um, I was one of the kids that stood out in school because I was the the boy who had a brother who was in a wheelchair. And me and my brother, we used to go to school together. So uh, all of my life has just been about learning how to embrace who I am and my uniqueness. And I thank God for my brother, because if it wasn't for him, I think I would have probably been a different person. I've probably been trying to hang with the cool kids in the crowd and maybe been out there getting in trouble. But I always knew that there was something unique about me. I don't need to go out and hang with the tough crowd to fit in and be cool. I'm just learning how to embrace who God created me to be. And it's it's gotten me to, you know, a great place where I'm able to embrace, you know, the greatness within me. And I like that because sometimes, you know, things don't just happen to us, but they happen for us. But mm. whenever they happen to us, we don't really understand why is this happening to me? Some people have a different um, vantage point. They feel like, okay, is it the universe? Is it God? What did I do? Or all of those things that, you know, you that we as humans, you know, conjure up. But whenever we start to take a step back and we analyze, okay, this happened to me because it's pushing me to get to a higher level and I'm not supposed to remain in this season and chapter of my life. So as you were talking about your brother and muscular dystrophy and you just really, you know, being there with your brother and not necessarily assimilating with the crowd in school, but just going at your own length your own pace, your own lane, and etc. And then now hearing all the incredible things that you are doing in Atlanta, and etc. Whenever you think about your childhood and how you were raised, how has that affected you? Um, it's affected me in a way where um, it's being having a brother with a disability, um, I had a, seemed like I had a lot of disadvantages growing up because I couldn't do a lot of things I love to do. I started realizing in high school that I wanted to be an actor and I wanted to be a part of stage productions, but I had to be responsible, come home and look after my brother because my mom had to work. So a lot of my childhood experiences also taught me how to mature quickly because I realized that I had to be selfless in the act where it wasn't all about me and it had to be about my brother and taking care of him. It also taught me responsibility um, because I realized that there was someone who was dependent on me. So I'm, you know, using all those different aspects and what I'm doing now, learning how to be mature in, in situations, learning how to be responsible, um, learning how to be committed to the task that I do. Um, so a lot of that has just really, um, I would say spew over into, um, you know, my uh, being a CEO and being a creator. So I've used a lot of those qualities and characteristics and what it is that I do now um, because I've learned so much at a young age. So, mm -hmm. And then just learning so much at a young age, because I could resonate to that, but we're not going to get into it because it's not about Genesis. It's about Deontay. So uh -huh. um, learning so much at a young age and having to mature 
faster than some of your peers because you had obligations at home. Did you ever have resentment in any way because you are a child and it's just, you know, it's knee jerk, it's natural or whatnot. And then I also want you to let me know what is the age gap between you and your brother? Yeah, so we were, it was five year difference. Um, so, um, and um, yeah, my brother, he passed at 22 and I think I was 16 around the time. So yeah, we were five year difference. Um, and yes, absolutely. I would be a lie to say that I didn't have resentment. Um, I think at a young age and being a kid and being the youngest who wanted all the attention, you know, um, when you're the baby, you know, you want the attention. But as I got older, I had to realize that, you know, um, my mom had to make me realize that he needed a little bit more attention than I did. And there was times where I did a lot of things for attention. I felt like, you know, the spotlight wasn't on me. I felt like I couldn't do a lot of things that I wanted to do. I was at a disadvantage and I grew a little bitter at that. Um, but as I got older and God started to work through me and I started to mature, I realized that he needed so much more than what I needed at the time, you know, um, and it made me learn how to have more love and compassion, you know, um, and I think that's what another quality in the trade that I've taken on just because of dealing with a brother with special needs. So, um, I don't really, I really think that he realizes how much that he had an effect and an impact on my life and who I am and the man that I am today. So I think that's beautiful. And even though he is gone, uh, you were able to give him his flowers while he could enjoy them blooming in his life, in his lifetime. Because like you, I, I lost a sibling at a young age. She was 20 when she when she passed. Biologically, we were cousins, but we were raised like um, siblings because we were only three years apart. And it does something to you, especially whenever... Um, they go down a different health journey than you're on. And now seeing you as a CEO, are, are you doing anything in your business to like um, pay homage and like lay a foundation in light of your brother and some of the things that you went through? And at what age did you become a CEO and how did that feel? Yeah, so um, I started, uh, well, I was just wanted to do an acting after uh, going to college at Chihuahua University in North Carolina. I moved to uh, Los Angeles because I was like, I really want to just go full time with the acting. Um, and then it led into um, going to uh, the writing field because I was just completely on set talking about ideas that I have trying to tell this other guy how he should write a script and this guy was like you need to start writing um so then it led to me um just writing stories and and things like that because um after losing my brother I actually had planned to commit suicide I didn't want to live anymore um and I wrote a um a suicide note to my mom and then that led to me sitting there and God was telling me write your feelings out and it led to writing poetry but I didn't realize that that would lead to eventually years later writing scripts so I went back to some of my poetry after having a, a been on set um, in Los Angeles and I was like I really need to start writing scripts so a lot of my scripts is paying homage to my brother because I write a lot of stories I write a lot of my feeling and writing has been the safe haven for me because it, it really saved my life because I was able to express myself man we tend to suppress a lot of emotions um and I didn't start officially grieving until I wrote my first book over my brother because I was trying to be like the you know the rock of the family and hold everyone up um and my latest book paid homage to my brother differently able because he inspired one of the characters in the book so I just find ways through all of my scripts through all of my writing to pay homage to my brother so basically when you see a Deontay Bolden production there's part of my brother in there because I want to keep his legacy alive
That is amazing. Um, and it warms my heart because even though they're not physically here with us anymore, their memories and what and the experiences we had with them will always live on. And, you know, for those who believe like in heaven or hell, like God, you know, he puts us all here on this earth for a particular reason and a purpose. And when that purpose is fulfilled, he calls us home. Our body may die, but our soul lives on and we're doing kingdom stuff in the spiritual realm. Ram. And that kingdom stuff in the spiritual ram is counteracting with us here in the natural ram. And um, count it all joy whenever you are um, faced with encounterings that are divine, divine interventions, divine connections, miracles, signs, and wonders, all of that stuff. Some people call it the woohoo, but I'm here to say that you have to use your gut instincts and discern. Um, what is being dropped down in your spirit and in your gut in a specific moment. And, you know, that instinct is not going to put you in a position that is going to harm you. It's going to put you in a position that is going to help you and free you from any guilt, any shame, any fear, any condemnation and et cetera. And I want to dive a little bit deeper, um, Deontay, because you talked about your mother briefly, but have you ever thought about interviewing your mother on your podcast and seeing what her uniquenesses are, since we are talking about embracing your uniqueness and just to kind of transition from you being a child to you being an adult and then reverse engineer it to say, hey, mom, when I was growing up, this is what I dealt with. And now I want to understand it from a mother's perspective, because we may never understand why our parents do what what they do and then when we're older and we're able to have those conversations then we could kind of you know analyze and ask some questions depending on how you're raised yeah I love that idea I've been trying to get my mom on my podcast for a moment but she always this isn't the moment I don't look good to be on the podcast and stuff like that so we are definitely working on that um it's a work in progress because I've actually tried to get her on a, a mother's day episode but um, she was kind of reluctant to do it. But we'll see. I definitely love that idea. And I love that you said it because it, it makes me want to go back and like keep asking her until I actually get on there. But I love that idea because it will just be a beautiful episode to just have two perspectives and how we both were feeling at the time and maybe something we didn't know that the other person thought they knew. So I love that idea. So I definitely have to do that. So you got me uh, uh thinking about an episode to do so that that's a great one and I think around Thanksgiving or Christmas the holidays it'll be perfect to kind of do something like that so thank you for that idea I love that my pleasure and you could package it up as a gift you could remix it you could do various things and it would be like a way to give a tribute back to your mother but also for you to learn on what she was thinking about during that instance and were you raised by a single mother yes and how has that affected you growing up and where you are now? And do you know who your father is? And have you tried to, if, if he is still living, have you tried to establish a relationship with him to ask him some questions that may not have gotten answered? Yeah, I do know my dad and my, me and my dad are just now rebuilding our relationship. We talk every other week, um, but I just haven't had the courage and I'm asking God to to deal with that because sometimes when you're trying to build a relationship with someone you 
try not to ask questions that you feel like will bring some division because that's a very uh, sensitive topic. I did kind of ease it in some of the conversation that we've had previously, but um, my dad is just kind of in his zone and, and, and how he thinks. And it's like talking sometimes when we have conversations, it's kind of like sometimes um, I feel like I don't get through but I think God will bring us to a point of doing that. But yeah, um, there was a lot of bitterness towards my dad. Um, we hadn't talked for years. Um, you know, I think it was almost nine, 10 years we hadn't talked. Um, but we just recently started talking and having a relationship. And I think COVID brought us more together because during COVID, it just made me realize that life is so short and you can lose people in the blink of an eye. And I didn't want my dad to ever leave this earth or neither one of my parents leaving this earth and not have bitterness or any type of animosity towards them because I don't, um, that would eat away at me. And then it will also, um, I just am at a point in my relationship with God where I just want to give up a lot of the bitterness and the hatred and animosity because it eats away at you. And I want to live a long life and I want to love people while they're here. So I'm just at that point right now. And I'm glad that you and your father are now having a relationship and you are sensitive to knowing what type of questions to ask and curate. And um, if you don't mind, I would want to interject because I, I lost my dad in um, November last year. Mm. And I would interject, like sometimes we try to protect you know, their feelings that mm. we limit our feelings and there's certain things that we want to ask, but there's different ways that we could curate asking it because that's a part of who we are and embracing our uniqueness. And if we don't ask those questions, then we're not really tapping into our full uniqueness because we're tiptoeing on eggshells and then there's different elephants in the room. So like, for example, what like if you won't if you don't mind sharing like what's one question that you want to ask your dad um or i know him. i would just i want to know like um why he didn't really step up a lot as a father and be a part of our lives. You know, I feel like also when I lost, you know, my brother, my dad really wasn't there to be that comforter and be that father figure. But like a lot of times I was, um, you know, abandoned and neglected in certain situations um, in my needs. Um, so I would just want to know what was the reason, but I do feel like I know part of the reason because there was a lot of bitterness towards my mom when him and my mom divorced because they divorced when I was four years old and pretty much I never remember ever having both parents in the household even though it happened I was too young to remember so um it, it would just be a lot of questions about that because I just felt like um when my brother passed that was the time to step up and mend our relationship but it didn't happen it was always you just call me when you want to you know, talk to me, but it's like, sometimes a child wants to feel like you want to be a part of their life as well. Um, so it would just be a lot of those questions, but um, I think we would get there. Um, and I, I believe that God would give me the courage to have those conversations because I do want to have those conversations. And he will give you the courage. And I think you already have the courage. I think he's give, he has given you the courage, but I think there may be some remnants right now in your flesh that is holding you back out of trying to protect the peace and you knowing who your dad is and you kind of knowing his personality that mm -hmm. is causing you to kind of retreat when you know that, okay, this is the season that I really need to step forward and take that leap of faith. So one thing that maybe you could 
could start is like with the icebreaker and say, dad, I really, I really love you. And, you know, there were some things that, you know, happened, you know, after, um, um, is it Angelus? Is that your brother's name? Yeah, Jaquan. After he passed and I just felt like maybe you were hurting as a father grieving the loss of your son but during that process you were away from the situation and when you were away I felt this way so can you help me understand how were you feeling as a father who just lost a child. Or just maybe kind of soften it up and that will see that, okay, you're compassionate, you're empathetic, and then that will soften the conversation so he could feel open to share and then you could kind of lead in with other things there. Because it's so hard when you have so many questions and that person is not in a space or they don't feel like they could truly open up to you because maybe the same way that you're thinking about certain things with him he's probably thinking about those things with you too so then y'all are both playing it safe and not really tapping into your full uniqueness and just having those candid conversations right I love that yeah I'm I'm gonna definitely take that in mind and um, our next conversation we can have that that icebreaker I love that See, I'm learning a lot. I'm coming on your podcast and I'm learning. <laughs> hey, I'm a visionary life coach. You know, I help, uh, I I help <laughs> mindset hacks. But Deontay, um, in, since you're in Atlanta, hot Atlanta, um, yes. who are some influential people that you have met in Atlanta? And what type of ways are you thinking about, you know, working with those individuals if you have anyone in particular? Influential, uh, well, Tyler Perry is another uh, one of the influential people. I love Tyler Perry. I haven't had the um, the the pleasure of meeting him yet. Um, I drove past the studio. Uh, I wasn't stalking. I was just looking at the studio. Um, but yeah, I love um, Tyler Perry. He's definitely an inspiration. Um, and one of my other inspirations here, um, but she's moved recently from Atlanta, but she's in Florida, is Naisha Davis, who um, is the publisher of my amazing two books, um, Purpose Pains and Differently Able. Um, I just love her courage and how she always just, uh, we call her the mid, uh, the the book birthing midwife because she just helps people to push them towards their writing and, and their creativity shout out to Naisha but she's just amazing and she's been such an influence um, in my writing journey especially as an author I mean she's just pushed me to just tell my stories you know sometimes we're just so afraid and um and purpose pains a lot of what we were just discussing is written in purpose pains and she's just been such an influence on my uh pushing me to tell my stories and share my stories and my and you know go to those deep places and moments that I don't want to go because sometimes we just hide beneath the surface so long um, that we don't want to talk about those dark you know rooted issues that we face so she's definitely been an influence and um, I mean there's so many great people like I can't think of them all on top of my head but um those are my main two you know um Tyler Perry has inspired the script writing and then um, Naisha has been an influence with the uh the books and being an author that is amazing. And I would challenge you, if you haven't had Naisha on your podcast, you should definitely interview her and kind of pick her brain and then tell her what you just told me, because I'm sure that will warm her heart and just really create, you know, a different type of level to the relationship that you guys already have. So that would just be amazing. And I like Tyler Perry too. Like, so if I was in Hotlanta, I may not just drive by the studio. I may try to bust in the studio. 
I've thought about it several times, yeah. Um, but I've definitely been trying to get a job and actually work at the studio because um, it's been um, an amazing um, experience. So. And now I want to um, bring you into this segment where we're going to play a game. So are you ready to play 10 questions with Genesis? Yes. Okay. Number one, top thing that makes you unique. Top thing that makes me unique um, is my uh, drive and my passion. Um, I think to a certain extent, I'm just very focused um, and I know what I want and uh, at a young age. And I think I know where I want to be. And I think that makes me unique because it helps to um, kind of lead and guide my path to um, where I want to be. So I'm, I'm truly focused. And I think I'm more focused at my age than a lot of people who are around my age right now. So I think that's what makes me unique. Oh, you just opened up another question. Easy one. Question two. What, how old are you? 32. Ooh, okay, y'all. He's 32, y'all. Okay. Number three. Are you single, dating, or courting? I'm single. Oh, okay, y'all. For anyone that's listening, Deontay Bolden is single. He put that out there, y'all. Four, favorite color? Oh, I got two, but I'll, I'll go with royal blue. Royal blue. Okay, we can hang. We can hang because I like blue too, but I'm not <laughs> cripping, y'all, but I like blue. <laughs> Five, favorite food? Uh, I love Italian food. It has to be specific or just the type of food? Oh, you can be specific. I love lasagna. Lasagna. So he Italian and lasagna. Can you make lasagna? No, not to save my life, but I love lasagna. My mom makes the best lasagna. So. Oh, okay. So whenever you have her on your show, just say, hey, mama, we could eat some lasagna and be on the show. And that could lighten the mood, too. Ooh, yes, I got to write that down. I do want some lasagna. So six, favorite travel spot. Jamaica. Let me tell you something. Jamaica is so serene for me. Like if I want to go somewhere and just clear my mind and have some um, a long time. I love the Caribbean islands. Like that's that's the place for me. Oh, okay. I challenge you to go check out my mom's island, which is not too far from Jamaica. So it's St. Vincent and the Grenadines, the West Indies. Okay, I'm gonna put that. I'm, I'm gonna have to contact you about that because I'm planning me another trip after I do this stage production next year. Because I'm like, I'm gonna need to go away somewhere. Yes, and when you said Jamaica, I was gonna say, Yeah, man, you like them? You yeah, like I'm them on. beef beef patties, jerk, jerk chicken? chicken. <laughs> yes, I've been talking about that jerk chicken since I went there last time. It's been a while, but I, I was like, I want some jerk chicken. Gotta put you in contact with some friends of mine that are down in Jamaica. So we could talk about that offline. <laughs> Seven, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Um, to be invisible because I would, I'm nosy. I would love to see what people say about me when I'm not in the room. I'm sorry. I just love because, you know, I, I would just love to just go around and just hear conversations and just be in the middle and be like, oh, that's what you think about me. Okay. So yeah, to be invisible. Hey, dream car. Dream car. Oh, I love the Scion car that I have, but I would love an upgrade because I got a 2009. So that would be a dream car. Um, I love the Toyota. Anything that's a Toyota or maybe a Chevrolet. Um, I'm not really picky when it comes to a car. 
Okay. Oh, I like that. He's simple, practical, and fuel efficient. <laughs> yes. Anything that's good on gay. Okay. Uh, nine. What made you move to Atlanta? Um, Atlanta was just a place where I was in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, I've learned that um, it's very cutthroat there to a certain extent, um, and you have to be more established. And um, Atlanta kind of gives me a little bit of the industry, plus it gives me a little bit of the country a little bit. Um, I love the Southern um, hospitality here, but um, I, I love Los Angeles. But when I really wanted to get into writing and production, I felt like this was a place to really build the foundation because I feel like people here are willing to build with you versus in LA where it's like, you have to be here because I'm all the way up here. So it's just like a different thing, but I do miss LA. So I, I, I kind of want to move back, but then I'm like, I don't know. I'm kind of between Atlanta and LA, but um, I love it here because also they got my sweet tea. Because LA, I couldn't find sweet tea to save my life. They were talking about raspberry tea. I was like, no, where is the sweet tea? So, yeah. <laughs> sweet tea. The Is it plain sweet tea or what type of sweet tea is this? I love, like, what do you mean in Atlanta? It's just like sweet tea, um, like the Southern um, Lipton sweet tea or whatever you call it. Um, but I couldn't find it in LA. Like, if you go to LA and you go into a restaurant, you ask for sweet tea, they look at you like you were foreign. Like, sweet tea, we have raspberry tea. But, like, the South, you get, like, the, the sweet tea and all of that. Oh, okay. Got it. Thank you for clarifying. And then 10. Bonus question. This is where you could ask me anything that you want to know based on what we've spoke about or in general. Yes. What drove you to want to be a motivational um, coach? So, um, well, one, motivational speaker. And then um, two, I'm a visionary life coach and I work on mindset hacks. What really drove me there was just being suffocated for so long in corporate America. I spent 15 years in the corporate world. 12 of those years were spent in the oil and gas and energy sector. And just having to start over twice in my career and just work twice as hard to be seen, to be heard, given the way that I look. Then some people who see me, they you know, they know my parents um, are immigrants. So even though like I look like a black girl. I don't necessarily talk like a black girl or I don't live in an area that is populated by blacks, people of color or et cetera. And then I found that a lot of people were just coming to me for different advices and stuff. And I said, people are already asking me this. So after my dad had passed last year, I said, you know what, God, why don't I just really tap into visionary coaching and work help people work on their mindsets because it's our mindsets that cause us to retreat instead of really go forward and launch out deep and I really feel like that's an area that God has called me to step into where I am helping people and when I'm helping people when they're winning I'm winning because I see that they're letting go of those chains they're letting go of the guilt the shame um, the bondages and etc. And I could really see them becoming who they were destined to be. But sometimes when you don't know who you um, who you are, you're going to fall victim to what other people tell you you are or what society tells you. And it's just something that I knew I should be doing, but I slept on it for so long. 
And it wasn't until I saw my dad pass last year, then I lost my grandmother this year and just different types of um, death and stuff in, in my family that really rocked me at the core where I was like, you know what, it's time for me to help other people because God has blessed me to get outside of those dark places in my life. Now I need to be a blessing to others. And that's just a condensed version of the answer. I love the life experiences that push us towards our destiny. We have the same story. Yes. And as we close, Deontay, I want you to tell the listeners as well as the viewers once again, who you are, how they could connect with you on social media and leave them with one or two gems. Yes. So um, I am, of course, Deontay Bolden, a filmmaker, producer, writer, um, award-winning author, um, playwright, uh, podcast host of um, DNA Podcast. Uh, you can get in contact with me on my website, www.deontay, D-E-O-N-T-E, Bolden, B as in boy, O-L-D-E-N, productions.com. I'm also at Deontay Bolden Productions. Um uh, on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Deontay Bowden Productions, all over. And if you just Google my name, it pops up. I'm the one of those weird people that like to Google to see where I'm at on the search. I'm like, am I on the search? Like, if they Google me, because I want to make sure I'm at the top. So um, you could definitely um, get in contact with me at those. Um, I'm the author of two amazing books, Purpose Pains, where I teach people how to move from pain into their purpose. I, for one, as you guys heard the story, I lost my brother. And I talk about how I use that uh, painful experience in my life to really push me towards my destiny and help you see pain from not a negative perspective, but a positive perspective. And then my brother, um, oh, and I have a book here, Purpose Pains. Um, and then my latest book, My Brother Inspire, he's the character of here King. Uh, it's called Differently Able, which is a children's empowerment book for children with disabilities. It's about these four children going into middle school. Uh, they have various disabilities, royal king, majesty, adore. Um, and they're trying to fit in with their peers. And um, they find it difficult because they're the center prank of everyone's jokes and laughs. And it's around Christmas time where most kids want gifts and toys. But they become frustrated and they want to see life on the other side of being disabled. So they write this letter to Santa begging to make them normal for a day. And they go on this magical journey of seeing life on the other side. But when they get there, they realize that it doesn't bring them joy and happiness. And they're different because they make a difference. So those are the two books that I have. Um, you can also keep up. I have a film coming out called The Skin I'm In, which is a, a story that deals with the issue of colorism in our communities um, about this biracial woman who struggled growing up being biracial. And now she has a daughter and she's trying to uh, teach her how to become a colorist because she wants to protect her from being hurt the way that she was. But she learns that her daughter will experience life differently than she does. Um, and she experiences racism in a different way. And it's just talking about embracing who we are and our uniqueness. Um, and then I have a play coming up in February called Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places here in Atlanta. February 12th and 13th. Um, we canceled due to COVID this year, but we're post we postponed it to uh February. Um, so if you're in the Atlanta area, it's a beautiful story. It's around Valentine's Day and it's just talking about waiting on God to send us the perfect one. And when we don't wait and we rush into these relationships, then we pay the price for it. So it's a beautiful, beautiful story. Um, and two gems that I would drop is one is to believe in yourself. Nobody's gonna believe in you more than you believe in yourself. Nobody's gonna promote you more than you promote yourself. Don't go around thinking. And that just because you um, are confident in who you are, that um, you're being cocky. You know, God gave you a gift. God gave you your 
weakness. Believe in yourself because there's going to be a lot of people that try to doubt you. But as long as you believe in the God who created you um, in the creation, which is yourself, then you can get so far in life and, and learn how to embrace your uniqueness and who God created you to be. And second, don't give up. Um, I always think before I want to throw in the towel that the blessing is on the other side of that giving up and we have to understand that as moment we give up we would never see the results but as long as we keep pushing then we will start to see the manifestation that god put in our lives you know we're going to have our ups and downs we're going to have failures but learn from those failures and use those as building blocks to to build a foundation of what god is trying to uh where god is trying to take you and what you're trying to create so i would just say that believe in yourself and never give up i'm a true testimony of that because i've learned how how to learn how to believe in myself who God created me to be and I've never given up every time you know the stones were thrown at me I'm using them to build the foundation that God wants me to create so I hope that um, answers your question and follow me it does and thank you so much Deontay listeners and viewers of gems once again you just heard Deontay Bolden and we talked about embracing your uniqueness make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the audio platform you're listening to this on and subscribe to our YouTube channel gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp and share this amazing segment with somebody who this is going to resonate with if you want to send feedback you want to hear um, some other topics or etc you could send me a message at gems that's g-e-m-s with genesis amaris camp at gmail.com and if you don't get me there you could do gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp at gmail.com. And all of my contact information will be in the show notes as well. So until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Go out and have yourself an amazing day. And remember, you are a masterpiece.